Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, right now he's right guard, and but all those things can change with with depending on what happens in the rest of the way in free agency, and and what else happens in the draft. Uh, you know, we don't know what what's going to happen in those places, and um, obviously, um, you know, there's there's other positions that we can draft. I'm I'm sure at some point, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to try and address all those things. But I think what we've done in free agency. <clears throat> so far has allowed us to to be able to take the best player available wherever he is. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. <laughs> oh, oh, come oh, on, Judd. God. Judd. Judd. What? Come oh. on. Come on, buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's um, it's showtime. <laughs> it's you know, Thirsty Thursday. I wasn't really concerned about t- today's show. It'll take care of it. It's been pretty good. You know, the month of March was great, okay? I just figured it would take care of itself. The offensive line, listen, just just everyone needs to just live and let live, okay? <laughs> just live and let live here. Oli Udo. Oli Udo's on Shot the team. I don't, know, I don't know what you guys are worried about. So we're going to dissect Mike Zimmer. Mike, first of all, Mike Zimmer was great yesterday at the podium for fodder and just I like the stuff that he said about evolving to modern offenses as a defense. Like we'll get into all that and we'll get into his thoughts on where the offensive line stands. But anytime you wake up, gentlemen, and and there's there's really two great things to wake up to during this time of the year. One would be if there's a Godfather mock, a yep. Mel Kuyper mock. Yep. But the other would be if there's a Todd Father mock. Yep. We have a Todd McShay 4.0 with trades, <laughs> and we're going to cheers a Corona hard seltzer to Todd Father mock off the top of the show, Declan. Oh, absolutely. I, I love me some Todd Father mock, some Godfather mock, some trade up mock, some trade back mocks. And, and I just need so many Corona hard seltzers. Exactly. Sometimes I can't even contain all the mocking because of all the Corona hard seltzers at my disposal, you know, even if uh, whether it's whether it's a seven <laughs> round mock or three round mock, J- Judd's, Judd's actually disturbing me. Yeah, I don't know Judd's if uh, that's not how I would go about. I am, Corona hard I am downing Corona hard thing, seltzers though. in in successive fashion to forget about the fact the offensive oh. line is not a big deal. Yeah, the, and that's, that's what you get on Judd after dark. Yes, yeah, it's just nothing but. God. The Corona hard seltzer is the only hard seltzer not made with uh, pure Judd vibes. Uh, it's with pure beach vibes with a refreshing <laughs> splash of fruit flavors. Nobody wants Judd Such as tropical lime, no. mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Oh, Corona God. hard seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. 
In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer, spike sparkling water with natural flavors, imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, and uh, and also Judd sort of alluded to it. So you guys helped us set a new download record for Purple Daily in the month of March, an all-time show download record. Uh, we the three of us took over hosting the show a little bit of, over a little bit under a year ago, I guess, last May. Just like the beginning part of the year was terrible for Score North, and we lost a lot of teammates, but. Um, we, uh, we picked up the torch, we pushed forward, the Vikings have been entertaining, and you guys have been great as, uh, as our Vikings therapy community, and so we appreciate you helping us set a new record in the month of March on Purple Daily. Boys, let's fire this up. Actually, Dex, do you have the, uh, the mock sounder here? I do. I do. Let's, let's see. Do well, this. first off. Oh, wow. There it is. Here, I got, I got you here. I want a mock! Mock! The power of multiple button bars, baby. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Uh, so I am the game. We have every single uh, every single mock that we have done on the show to this point. We have been keeping a running tally. This is going back like two months, and so let's pop that up on the screen for our YouTube audience, just to show who has been mocked most often to the Minnesota Vikings, and then we will jump into Todd Father mocks. 4.0 with trades. Mm-hmm. So uh, the two players who have gone to the Vikings the most often are Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman from USC. Four different mocks that we've done have had him going to the Vikings. And then Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman from Alabama, has gone to the Vikings four times. Offensive tackle Christian Derrissaw twice. Edge rusher Quiddy Pay twice. And then, I don't know, about 10 other players <laughs> have gone uh, at least once to the Vikings here, including, I mean, like pretty much... All of these weapons, like Jamar Chase has been mocked to the Vikings at one point, and Jalen Waddell has been mocked to the Vikings. Even Mac Jones, who now looks like he might go number three overall. Who, who mocked Mac Jones to the Vikings? Do you remember? It wasn't that long ago. It was like a week and a half ago that we did it. I don't remember. You guys, I think you guys did that one when I was uh, in moving was mode it? here. Ah. Was, was it was NFL. It draft blaster? No, no, no. We didn't do a draft buster. I don't think. It might have been the... It might have been the league website. I don't remember. Was it DraftUtopia.com? You know what? The thinking man's guy. No, DraftUtopia is a utopia. Uh, yes. You know what? We we have not, in the last month or so, delved into enough of the underground draft world. We should go back well, to that. So I, I got bad news. Some of them, I've so are I have gone? gone through. Some of them are gone. Like, DraftUtopia hasn't been updated in, like, three years. <laughs> So they, just, they went belly up He's before out. COVID. I'm, I'm, they're, they're like, yeah, this ain't going to work. <laughs> this is not happening. This isn't utopia. Uh, we should we should definitely do a little Wally football, though. Walter football, I think, oh. is one that we should circle back on. I miss those so, All right. Let's fire up some let's appropriate music here. I've got in front of me Todd McShay's predictions for all 64 picks of rounds one and two. Whoa. And where seven quarterbacks land. Now, we're not going to go that far because the Vikings only have one pick in the first two rounds. But number one overall, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguar. Number two overall, Zach Wilson to the New York Jets. And then things get interesting. Okay. Todd Father Mock has Mac Jones going to the San Francisco 49ers. And I will add, so this morning I was watching Get Up with our guy, Greeny. He is our guy. He's a friend of Mackie and Judd, Mike Greenberg. And he frequently borrows segments from our show Mm -hmm. and brings them to national TV and radio. And we appreciate we're like the farm system for Mike Greenberg's exactly. TV and radio shows. And so they had a panel of NFL experts, including Diana Rossini. And Diana Rossini was so they had they had McShay sort of dissecting his mock draft. 
and explaining why Mac Jones is going number three. He's intelligent, like all the cliche things like <laughs> intelligent and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And Diana was just smiling the whole time and said, for, like, it sounds like you're hearing all the same things I'm hearing, Todd, from San Francisco's side. And she took it a step further and said, and that they really want a Kirk Cousins-like quarterback to be manning the ship for them. Somebody who can, who's, you know, who can, who's durable, who can make throws, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, and, she, and she named Kirk Cousins specifically. And they both agreed, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of what we're hearing. So, I mean, you take that to the next logical step, and it's, well, they probably tried to get Kirk Cousins, and they failed, and now they're going to try and draft the next Kirk Cousins. Can you imagine waking up and saying to yourself, you know what I really need? A Kirk Cousins. <laughs> a Kirk. That's what I need. I need a Kirkers. Well, I think I think about half the teams in the league do wake up thinking that, and the Vikings woke up thinking that three years ago, right? And then once you have Kirk, you're like, all right, I don't know if we needed to spend thirty-one million to the cap on Kirk Cousins, but here we are. How can we make it work? <laughs> but right? what I but what I don't get about that that philosophy is it makes a lot of sense to me fifteen years ago. What I don't understand though is look at where the league is going and has gone. I now would not w- wake up saying what I really need is a Kirkers. I would wake up saying, "How can I get the most mobile?" I mean, the the guy the guy is Mahomes, right? Like he's the guy, and and I'm not saying that you're going to find Patrick Mahomes 2.0, but I am saying Kirk Cousins reminds me zero of Patrick Mahomes. So, well, I think the the way I would look at it because a lot of people argue, well, why is everyone so high on mobile quarterbacks? Look at the last 20 years, like how many mobile quarterbacks have won the Super Bowl? And while that is true. I think the last five years, the league has shifted much more dramatically toward mobility as a skill set at quarterback. I mean, ten years ago, yeah, exactly. The guys who the guys who ran the league were all like statue dart throwing yeah. pocket passers, and yep. you might have had like a Mike Vick at one time, but you never had like a third or more of the league able to run for five hundred yards and and uh, and spin out of the pocket away from pressure like you do right now. So it's the skill set for what it takes to. I would just say, like, the average skill set for a quarterback is much more mobile now than it was 10 years ago. And so if you aren't mobile, think about how much better you have to be accuracy-wise, leadership-wise, all those things. Exactly. So, so they must think all those things are valid with Mac Jones. Number four to the Falcons, Kyle Pitts, tight end Florida, giving Matt Ryan a great weapon for maybe his last year in Atlanta. He's it, a stud. That's an interesting pick. He's a stud. So you don't address... Ryan's eventual replacement, you get him a weapon, and you think that you can win immediately, I guess. Hmm. That's an interesting philosophy. Yeah, in a division with the defending Super Bowl champions, but maybe a Saints team that's on the decline and a Panthers team in a rebuild. They might think they can give him some more weapons. A lot of quarterbacks there, Phil Mackey. There were a lot of quarterbacks there that if they make Kyle Pitts the pick, they passed on. Well, uh, Todd Father is on a weapons run here. Five to the Bengals, Jamar Chase. The Dolphins take Devontae Smith at six. And then the Panthers trade up to seven with Detroit. And they take Trey Lance. There it is. There it is. Hmm. Uh, Detroit at eight takes Jalen Waddles. Now the top three receivers are off the board and four quarterbacks are off the board. To this point, we've only had pass catchers and quarterbacks in the top eight picks of Todd McShay's mock. Uh, Denver taking Patrick Sertan. J.C. Horn, so a little run on cornerbacks here to the Cowboys. And then the Patriots trade up to 11 with the Giants, and they take Justin Fields. Ooh, but I, I like where this might be going if you're the purple. Dude, right? So right now, if the if the draft plays out this way, and I, I, you know, 
as McShay was explaining on ESPN this morning, the way he thinks about his mock process, part of it is his own grades and his own film study and all the things that he puts in, right? Mock but he also he also explains how he taps into his own sources with teams, yep. and then he follows credible reports in and around the league. And so he kind of pieces all this together. And so if he's gleaning that the top 10 picks are going to be very passing game heavy, quarterbacks, tight end, receivers – that plays out very well for the Vikings, right? Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love if the Vikings, you know, if they if they were to draft one of those three receivers, I would not complain, and it would be super fun. Or Kyle, if Kyle Pitts inexplicably fell to fourteen, yes. But if 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 receivers and quarterbacks make up most of the top ten, it means the Vikings have a lot of options in the trenches as you get into the team. I was going to say there might be a very good left tackle left in this draft. And it gets even better because at number 12, Micah Parsons goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. And so now you get to pick 13, and no offensive linemen have come off the board yet. Wow. So if you're the Vikings and you're staring at pick 13 and the Chargers are in front of you, you got a couple options. You could trade up. I mean, Panay Sewell is still sitting there, right? Yes, that's who intrigues me. And he and he goes 13 to the Chargers here, ah. one pick in front of the Vikings. All right. Okay. So obviously, if the Chargers want to make that pick, you have to hop Slater up. Rashawn Slater is of... still there from Northwestern, and he is an attractive offensive lineman. And that is who the Vikings pick at fourteen. Rashawn Slater from good. Northwestern. I want a mock. Mock. And uh, here's the write-up from Todd Father. Slater is super versatile and could play any of the five positions along the Vikings' offensive line. Think about that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. He plays center? Has he played center? I don't know if he's played. That's a good question. I don't know on that one. Uh, it's a good thing because the Vikings' offensive line has a lot of holes. Minnesota gave yes. up 39 sacks in 2020, lost Riley Reef, and added only Mason Cole to the mix. <laughs> In the offseason, after rebooting the secondary, the Vikings now have to be focusing on protecting Kirk Cousins and opening lanes for Dalvin Cook. All right, how would you guys feel if the draft played out this way and Rashawn Slater was wearing another purple jersey like he was in college? First of all, McShay is full of crap because the Vikings retained Dakota Dozier, okay? So, like, don't make it sound – don't forget Dakota Dozier. Um, if, if it plays out that way, I would feel pretty damn good about it. I could see it playing out similar to that. And my only question is, would you would you try and jump ahead of the Chargers if you thought that they were going to take Panay Sewell? Would you try and get ahead of them? I like Slater, but Sewell, I think, is is pretty much consensus the best um best tackle in this draft. So but yes, yeah. I, I would feel good about this and it would address a huge need. You've only got one problem. Gentlemen, and I'm going to tell you what that problem is right now. You only got one problem. To Phil's point, that was a that was a draft uh, through about 11 picks that focused a lot on the offensive side of the ball, the explosive nature of where this league has gone, and I quite frankly love that. But it also <clears throat> means that you have a lot of guys that fell to you at 14, possibly who can stop that explosive game. Yes, I'm talking about the defensive side of the ball, and I think that there might be a debate and or a struggle about who gets drafted at 14 if it falls like Todd McShay has it. I mean, basically all of those edge rushers are on the board still. And according to McShay, I mean, he's got got more offensive linemen going in the teens. He's got Derrissaw going to Washington. He's got Elijah Vera Tucker to the Dolphins. 
he I'm scrolling down here. Uh, Quiddy Pay falls to 21. Mm-hmm. So actually, like if if the draft played out this way, I, I could you help. see the Vikings trading back yes. to like the late teens if they thought Quiddy Pay was going to be there? Mm-hmm. So you have a couple of potential a big time offensive linemen. You maybe get a second round pick yes. and you trade back. I could see that happening. And then let's see here. Greg Rousseau goes 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jalen Phillips goes thirty to the Buffalo Bills. All those, all those guys have been speculated. Odds and are best of what? The Vikings. O- if the draft plays the, out this way, yes. If the draft plays out exactly like McShay has it, odds are best that what happens? That they trade back. Dex? They trade back. Yeah, they trade back. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. They trade back, and they take a defensive guy. I agree. Well, part of this, actually, this is all a great segue because I think. <laughs> A big piece to the logic of what would they do if the draft played out this way is how do they feel about Ezra Cleveland as a left tackle? You know, I think, and that's been a thing. We, you know, we 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 do read the YouTube comments on Purple Daily, and a lot of people are. There's been people saying, "I feel like you guys are just like ignoring the fact that Ezra Cleveland is a left tackle." And I wouldn't say we're ignoring it. I would say that the Vikings have four, and I'm saying four holes because I think Garrett Bradbury is still a huge question mark. He's one of the worst pass protecting centers in the NFL. Now, could he put on 15 pounds of weight and muscle and have a third year in the end? Like, yes, he's. I'm not saying he's a lost cause. But right now, I would say outside of Brian O'Neill, your most um, reliable fit along the offensive line is Ezra Cleveland at right guard, at least according to pro football focus. Like, he was an above-average right guard last year. Yep. So you kind of have to make a decision. Are you... Do you like the path that he's on at right guard and you just want to keep, you want to keep the right side of the offensive line intact? Or do you want to... You want to bring him back to his original position that you drafted him at and have him play left tackle in the NFL for the first time. Because he didn't play left. I mean, they didn't have offseason workouts. He didn't even play left tackle in a preseason game last year because there were none. Or so he's literally never played left tackle in the NFL, yes. which I might be making too big of a deal out of. But these are conversations that I'm sure they're having behind the scenes. So I, I agree with what the commenters have been saying, but I agree with them a year ago. Like I thought, I thought, you know what, you're going to show up at a practice and he's going to be at least getting work at left tackle or something. They never did that. He has been a guard so far. That's what he's been. So I don't, I don't see how it's a logical jump to say, well, he's, he's going to go from a guy that they deemed a year ago. Basically they didn't want to plug in at tackle at all. And now suddenly on opening day of training camp or something, our left tackle is. So my my guess right now with the way that things are shaken out is O'Neal moves from right tackle to the left side. And don't forget, O'Neal played left tackle in his last year at Pitt. So he's played there. He has established himself as a right tackle in this league. He has done really, really well, I think. I mean, he has been a bright spot on, on what has been a lot of question marks uh, since he got here. So I think he goes to left tackle. I think if Cleveland's going to move, he might actually go from right guard to left guard. But I think he's staying at guard. Um, and then and then the question becomes, do they actually address right tackle sufficiently? Or do they say, and I mean, guys, this is a possibility. We got Rashad Hill, right? I mean, that's a possibility. I, I can't. I'm not joking here. Like, it gets frustrating and we complain about it, and I think we're not wrong to complain, but I'm not joking here when I, when I tell you I when you take the temperature of the people that run this team, I just don't know how important they think the offensive line pieces are compared to how we feel about it. I just, I don't. 
Like there's nothing, there's there's never, you tell me, Phil, in the last like five years, and look, they've drafted some guys. And so I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's been ignored completely. But like on a scale of, of panic from one to 10 compared to how we feel about it and talk about it at times compared to them. I don't feel like it's, well, they're at a seven and we're at a nine. I feel it's, we're at a nine and they're at a three sometimes. You know, I'm going to withhold my answer to that until after we hear it straight from the horse's mouth. I want to know what Mike Zimmer's level of panic is about the offensive line in just a moment. There's some interesting things that he said in his press conference yesterday. Uh, But you know what? I mean, on the bright side, if you're Mike Zimmer, if the offensive line isn't that good and you wind up going like 7-10 and 10 in a 17-game season, you're going to have a lot of time to golf. And that means a trip to PXG Minneapolis, <laughs> all right? And if, you're, and if you're Mike, you know, you're probably going to want some, some really nice mm-hmm. and, and, and just some really high-performing clubs, like the Gen 4 clubs that have arrived at PXG Minneapolis. Drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. These are PXG's flagship clubs, hands down the best-performing clubs PXG has ever made, which is saying something because PXG makes amazing clubs. Also, if you want to look sharp, whether you're whether you're swinging the incredible clubs or you're out and about on the town or you're just Judd wanting a white belt, and I don't know if PXG makes white belts, but maybe we can urge them to uh, to put one in their collection. Oh, I'd look the, in a white belt. Yeah, I think, I'd look uh, real good. I'd look it. outstanding in a white a white disco belt. The spring and summer apparel has arrived in store. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center. <laughs> And find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. Also, uh, you know, I don't know if the Vikings have offensive line insurance or uh, risk management resources, but Federated Insurance has been helping business owners with risk management for over 100 years. Based in Owatonna, they are one of us. They are Minnesota home and grown. Uh, and Federated Mutual Insurance Company has recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. They have resources to help you with, uh, well, just think about the things that involve risk at your company, company ladders, vehicles, et cetera. We're talking safety training and videos, customizable risk management plans, employee handbook builders, et cetera. MyShield at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. <laughs> All right, Declan, you uh, you take the reins here, okay. and why don't you just fire off? We can, let's let's just go soundbite, and then we'll react, and we'll just get a feel for how Mike Zimmer thinks the off season has gone so far. So right before you uh, teased up those ads, we were talking about the offensive line, and you know are, are you how are you feeling about that offensive line, Mike? Well, Mike, Mike's bullish. I don't know what everyone's freaking out about. You know, at this point, you know, we got Rashad Hill back, we got Udo back, we got O'Neal back, we got Cleveland. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we'll, we'll be able to take care of those situations. All those guys are good players, um, and so we'll we'll continue to figure it out and, and go from there. Okay. I love I love the Oli Udo drop there. Yeah. Like, and this is all due respect, but that dude was a sixth round pick. I mean, right now he's just a large body who is unproven. <laughs> You know, and I don't, and, again, and he might wind up being a starting guard and, and having a, I mean, he's more of a tackle, I guess, but I'm assuming he could play some guard if you needed him to. You know what? Uh, In Mike's world, whatever. But he, like, listed Ole Udo yeah. as, wasn't Ole Udo the second guy he listed there? Listen, you guys got to stop worrying here. We got Ole Udo in the yep. mix. I don't yep. know why you we guys got, are so worked up. We got a lot up. of options. We got a lot of, you know, moving parts. We can move this guy here or that guy there. Or, like, like, that to me... In, in this presser was indicative of the, and he wasn't being a jerk about it, but it was indicative of the dismissive nature about the entire position group. Like, not being 
not trying to be confrontational, but it was just sort of like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't go in my kitchen much. I mean, we got some spices there. We got a lot of spices. We got some food in there. Yeah, it, it'll be fine. Let me ask you this. Do you guys think if, if you lined up like 20 different random players, just like just in a lineup with, with their helmets off, could Mike Zimmer identify and name all of the offensive linemen on his own roster? Like, do you think he knows what Ole Udo? I was just gonna like? say, you know what? I, I've got some. I've got some questions on that one. I don't like, know. Like, like he could tell you who the fiftieth ranked defensive tackle prospect is, oh, hands yeah, down, right? right? Like in the draft. But I don't oh. know if he knows what who like Ole Udo is on his own team. That's my word. But I mean, we got him. Like, I mean, he's <laughs> there. He, he he can play somewhere, right? I'm here actually. Just as we go through these sound bites, I just want to see. By the time we get to like the fourth one, I think Judd's head may literally explode. On our YouTube channel I will, right now, I on will, our podcast. I will tell you that I actually was was on this Zoom call, so like I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it here's the thing about it: this only confirmed what we've been talking about. Like it just confirmed it. It's just yeah, and, he, yeah. Zimmer has one mission going yes. in, or had one mission going into the offseason. Yes, and that mission was, and and he'll elaborate on this, but that mission was. I want the best defense in the NFL again. Yep. And so whatever we need to do, whether we need to cut a couple guys and say goodbye to Kyle Rudolph and restructure some salaries like Rick, I don't Rob, care. do what you need to do to get me the best defense in the NFL again. And if that leaves holes along the offense, then I don't care. We're gonna, we'll just figure it out. He, Rick Dennison will just have to be on the hot seat again, I guess. He had a Christmas list, right? And, and it, it was like Zim's list for Christmas and, and Clint Kubiak's list. And, you know, Clint's the younger brother, right? Like, he's like, Mom and Dad, I really want... And Zim, like, went to his parents and said, screw him. I don't care what he wants. Give him a BB. Give him a BB back and a Dozier back. And his parents are like, Mike, that's very selfish. And he said, I don't care. I want everything. I want a Peterson, and and I want a, a Tomlinson, and that's a, and I want my bar back. And they're like, okay, Mike, no problem. And so, like, Clint Kubiak is been sent out into the street to play in the traffic while Zim opens present after present. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's hear from Zim again here, Dex. All right, this was if defense was a priority in free agency. Yeah, well, you know, our offense has been pretty darn good. Uh, you know, they're sixth in the league last year. We do have some holes yeah, that we'll, we'll fill, but we've, we've still got time to do that. There's still a lot of players out there right now, and, and there'll be some in the draft. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when we looked at, you know, the defense um, in – after the season evaluated, you know, it was it was pretty barren in there. And so we had to address that. And, you know, honestly, at the end of the season, I was kind of down in the dumps when I kept looking at the, at the depth chart and knowing what kind of uh, salary cap space we had. So I will say this. I know that the Judd is is apoplectic about just like it's it, and I just want to I'll speak for Judd and say that your frustration about the offensive line is not just like a 2021 frustration. This has been a theme for years and years and years that's culminating sort of as we speak here. But the the calmness and the zen that I feel from Mike Zimmer, I, that actually makes me feel better about the Vikings being a good team this year because I don't think you can accomplish anything if your head coach doesn't feel comfortable with what, what he's trying to do from a vision standpoint. And it's very obvious after hearing him talk yesterday and that clip too, where he's open and says, I was down in the dumps. I was looking at our roster, and it was just garbage, and our defense was just a disaster. And so I feel rejuvenated. He said rejuvenated after the moves that Rob Brzezinski and Rick Spielman have made. 
And again, we can sit here and debate the vision of how you win big in the NFL in 2021. But Mike Zimmer's vision is, I want the best defense in the NFL. This is what it's going to take to get there. And let's let's address that first. And from that standpoint, if Zim's happy, all right. All right, let's 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 see what happens. Let's see if you can get this defense back to number one in the NFL like it was a few years ago. This team can do some damage in the regular season and the postseason. And I will I will get a bucket of popcorn and I will sit back and watch what happens. My frustration lies in the fact, and th- this does go back a ways. Mike Zimmer's business card says head coach Minnesota Vikings, not head of defense Minnesota Vikings. That's my frustration. My frustration is he is thinking about one side of the football and the other. I will say this, um, and I I don't think we have this clip, but he talked about it yesterday. And the more you think about it, the more it sort of concerns you. So they they were in talks with a few cornerbacks. And and supposedly the story is that they did reach out at some point in time to Richard Sherman. And I don't know how close that came. Uh, but anyway, the Patrick Peterson camp and his agent got wind of this. And they called the Vikings. And they basically said, our guy's here for the taking. And Zimmer and the Vikings got all excited and signed him. Which means there was never an original plan to sign him. Like, I'd... I would like just a little more structure in life about what I'm going to do, especially up against the cap. And as I'm allowing my left tackle to walk away, um, I'd like a little bit more structure than Patrick Peterson called. What should we do? Oh, let's sign him. Uh, So that concerns me a little bit because I thought initially that the whole plan was was to target, you know, certain people, which is great. Uh, But if you just had a veteran call, you like, yeah, you know what? I'd love to play there. And Mike's like, oh, it's great. Like, he wanted to play here. It's fantastic. Which is good. Like, you want players who want to play yeah, here. Yeah, you do. But I'd also like you to have, going into a year that's this important, a cohesive plan. Like, this is a very, like, this is a make or break year. I was a little bit surprised to find out the guy that a, a, a veteran guy coming off not a great year, but I still like him. I, I don't hate him. Uh, just called here and, and it's like, I'll come there. And they're like, okay, okay you sign. R- Refresh my memory. So Patrick was, was, was did the Cardinals cut Patrick Peterson, and he was a surprise free agent, or was he a, was he an unrestricted free agent from the start? Of, but I'll look. I thought so too. I'll look. So if he was an unrestricted free agent from the start of it, why would he not have been? Like I'm, I'm assuming the Vikings spent the entire second half of the season like going over their draft board and their free agent board. You know, wouldn't Patrick Peterson have been on there somewhere of guys that you're like you're going to make saying. all these phone calls? It is a little weird that. That they were sort of like, oh, oh, God, Patrick Peterson, this is crazy. Guess He's, who? Guess who reached out to us earlier this morning? It's a morning, fantasy Jim? draft. <laughs> I can't believe this guy's still there. It's crazy. This guy's still there. No, he got. He actually got drafted two hours ago. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I got to cross him off no! my list. <laughs> All right, let's hear more from Mike Zimmer. All right, this is him on a Daniil Hunter update. Well, I know he's talked to Andre. I have not talked to him. He's uh, been sending back videos of uh, his workouts, and, you know, they're very, very impressive. So we're excited to get him back on the field. Um, You know, he's he's a great team guy. He's a terrific player, and um, he's one of the the best people that I've been around in, in professional football. Yeah, uh, do you hear how giddy he was? Okay, 
Okay, like, can oh you? Oh my god, that workout. I okay, okay. So know Judd knows where I'm going with this. I know, right? My former good. poker player instincts here. Okay, so I know it's. Uh, and actually, you know, I think here we go. Right here. Let me grab this for you guys. So right here in my trusty little office here, here's a book called Mike Caro's Book of Poker Tells. Okay. This is one of the most famous live poker books in that it, it's like 300 pages of things that people do at a poker table that tell you that they're lying or uncomfortable in some way. And one of the main ones is when someone in the middle of an answer or in the middle of a bet when they have a nervous tick of some kind, right, they touch their face or they blink you know, in, in succession, right? And so here's my question. There was a report that came out a couple weeks ago that Mike Zimmer and Daniil Hunter talked on the phone. Doogie and had Mike, that. Yep, and Mike, yes, it Doogie, Doogie had it on our, on our show. Yes. Huh? We break so much news on our yeah, show. Yeah, you do, don't forget. Yeah, and so Doogie reported that Mike Zimmer and Daniil Hunter had a conversation and that Mike Zimmer basically was, hey, man, we love you. Like, uh-huh. let's, let's just let us build this thing. We love you. We'll, I'm sure we'll take care of you. Uh-huh. And then if I'm not mistaken, Daniil Hunter restored Vikings things on his Instagram or something. Like, there was – That's what you told there me. There seems to have been an easing of the tension, right? Yes. So can you just play the first, like, five seconds of this clip again where Mike Zimmer is asked about the Daniel, the Daniel Hunter thing? And I think he clearly lies about not having had contact with him. Watch him touch his nose. Well, he, he, I know he's talked to Andre. I have not talked to him. He's uh, been sending back videos of uh, his workouts, and, you know, they're very, very impressive. So we're- <laughs> they're, they're very, very impressive. Oh, yeah, I'm just I'm saying I think I think he's lying for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, like – Maybe maybe he doesn't I, want I people to know to that him. he's talking. I really haven't talked to him. I'm a real, I'm a real head coach. <laughs> You'll never be a head coach. Hey, yes, I am the coach. <laughs> All right. Do we have uh, another clip or yeah, two? Yeah, we, we got one more here. This was uh, him addressing okay. the possible backup quarterback situation. Uh, you know, we really like uh, Browning and Stanley. Um, <laughs> really Stanley's like a big, big, strong-armed kid. Um, you know, Browning's been great uh, the, the two years that he's been here. Sean's been outstanding in the, in the room. So, uh, you know, again, uh, without without <clears throat> saying, hey, we're going to do this or that, you know, there's there's a lot of options there, I believe. Yeah, we uh, we really like Sean Manning as a backup. Well, Browning's really great. And if Stanley had to play in a game, we would feel totally confident. I'm I'm sorry. I only answer questions about the defensive side of the football. I, you know what? I don't even know who our backup quarterback. I'm going to be full disclosure. I don't even know who the backup quarterbacks on this damn team are, and I don't care. But have you seen our backup linebacker car? Do you think? Honest to God, question. Do you think Mike Zimmer and Sean Mannion have ever had a conversation beyond small talk? Um, about like beyond pleasant about life like, oh, hey, that Sean, goes beyond going? football. Like, like, do you think they've ever had an in-depth discussion about work or football? Uh, yes, because I think Mike has probably instructed him against his de- defense exactly what he wants him to do. Okay, so, so like in practice, I need but, you to oh, right, do but this only but my only defense. to benefit the defense. <laughs> like, do do you realize that Zim sat there, or didn't sit there? He stood there on Christmas Day, okay, against the Saints, and he like literally probably that entire game didn't give a crap about Cousins' offense. Blah blah blah. He just stood there and thought, never again is my defense going to get run on like this. If I have to get nose tackles to play play in the a gap, if I have to get a nose tackle to play middle linebacker. 
hell, if I have to get a nose tackle, a fat guy to play safety, I'll do it. I will never be run on like this again. Like he's the he's the guy that got dumped at the altar and is made absolutely sure now that he never feels like that again. Yep. Amazing. Um, so that is Mike Zimmer and his thoughts. He seems, I would say he seems very happy oh, with the way pe- the offseason He's totally gone. a piece. Oh, yeah, man. He's totally a yep. offensive line. We got guys. Like, yep. We're sitting in a great spot. Get back to that number one defense. And maybe he's right. And maybe he's right. And uh, and, and I will say to, like, to his point, there are other ways here. First round of the draft, there is still some free for the offensive line, and they still need an edge rusher of some kind, but they're uh, they're sitting in a, in a place that Mike Zimmer likes to this point. So, all right, it's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily, presented by TCL TVs. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL, and we'll see you guys tomorrow for a little four-question Friday here on The Big Show. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. And thank you to all of you who helped us set also a record for Score North app usage in the month of March. We, uh, we greatly thank you and appreciate it. We'll see you guys tomorrow.